0: Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message.
1: You may be seated. I'm just asking God to use me today in your life through the message that, He has given me and i've taken time i've taken a lot of time and i prepared this message for you i've got a lot to say so i'm thinking we got to get on with this service i want to make sure that all the moms here are honored i want to make sure all the women in this house because what we know is that you may not have actually physically birthed a child but you have been maybe a woman that has mentored other women and so this message it's really, it's for everyone. It's not just for the women of the house, it's for the men of the house too. So I don't want you men to just sit back and think that, you know, this message isn't for you too because it is. It's a powerful message. It's, we are in our Hall of Fame series. This is a Hall of Fame mom's message. And the title of my message is how to leave a legacy thread. And the bigger thought for my message today is surrender your story to a bigger story so that you can leave a beautiful legacy. So in that, I just want to say You're surrendering whatever your story looks like right now in this moment that you like or don't like. Because there is a bigger story that maybe you don't always see so that you can leave a beautiful legacy. You can't get stuck in where you are right now, saying, I didn't think my life would look this way. Surrender it to a bigger story so that you can leave a beautiful legacy, amen? So our scripture, for this series is Hebrews 11. So we are talking about the greats. There are so many greats that are mentioned in H- Hebrews 11. It's the heroes of the faith, it's powerful. But you know what, in uh, that scripture, there are just ordinary people like you and I that have done extraordinary things, why? Because they have access an extraordinary God. They had faith in what God can do. So all these people are mentioned, they are powerful in what they believe in a faith in an extraordinary God. But even in that, do you know that in that whole chapter, there are only two women that are mentioned. So there is Sarah and there is Rahab. Well, who did I wanna choose for Mother's Day? Why Sarah that had a lot of children? No, let's choose Rahab because she's a little bit on the edge. I know many of you, even if you've not been in church, you know about Rahab, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit more even about, about her. So, when we look at these people in Hebrews 11, we shouldn't just admire them. We really need to learn from them because they're in the Bible for us to learn from. These are the greats and these are people that had faith. So, I'm going to pull them out of one of them out of the stands, and that's Rahab, and we're going to learn from her because she has done, she has completed her race, she has lived her legacy, she did well, she succeeded, and she left something for us to learn from. Whether we can learn from the good and the bad. It's not always about the good, right? There's a lot of times we learn more from the bad. So following Hebrews 11, we look down in Hebrews 12. You know, when you read the next chapter of any book in the Bible, you always look what preceded. So what preceded was all the greats. Now, when we go to Hebrews 12, this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who is those great cloud of witnesses? That is all the greats that have gone before us. And you know who else that is? That is all your loved ones. It says we are surrounded by them. So what you have to know is you are living your life, but you are surrounded by them. They are in the stands. They are cheering you on. And it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Then it says in Hebrews 12 too, fix our eyes on Jesus who is the perfecter of our faith. Well, what is faith? It is a complete trust and it's defined in Hebrews 11 one and two. It says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So, this is what the ancients were commended for. The people in Hebrews 11, they were commended for their faith. So, when I look in Hebrews, I see this woman, Rahab. She had tremendous faith. And I want to read to you just where her story is in the Bible. So I'm taking her out of Hebrews and when I'm taking you to Joshua 2, 1 through 11. They're gonna put it up on the screen. I want you to really pay attention. So you may know the story of Joshua won the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua won the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down, right? You ever heard that? That is this story, okay? But we start with Uh, Joshua 2, 1 through 11. So here we go. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent in two spies from Shittim. You got to say that fast. Go over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan as soon as the pursuers had gone out. The gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed when we heard of it. Our hearts melted in fear. And everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven, above, and on earth. So here, what you may not realize, and some of you may know, is that Rahab was a prostitute. She was really popular with the men because they would come through Jericho in their caravans. And uh, they would come to where she was. She was a woman of evil living. She was considered a throwaway Do you know that five of the six times that her name is mentioned in scripture, that harlot is attached to her name? You never hear her name. It just says Rahab. She was always Rahab the what? Harlot. Rahab the harlot. And so if you recognize that a lot of times in all of our lives that we have names attached to us. There are labels that we wear. So Rahab had a label that was stuck to her. It's like it was glued to her. It was a label that she wore. Well, the way we live and how we see ourselves based on the lives or the the labels that we have been given will determine how we live our lives. So our labels that have been given to us are very important. You know, I made this little shirt because I wanted you to see that I have some labels that have been given to me, some labels that I wear. But if I don't recognize that I serve an awesome God, I serve the creator of the universe who made me, who formed me. He said wonderful things about me. He said I was precious and I was special in his sight. But you know what? So I've been given some names here. Some of them, I'm a wife. I'm a mother, I'm a pastor, I am a grandmother and I am precious because my husband has called me precious. And so now my grandchildren call me precious, AKA Pepis, because Layla couldn't say my name. And so, but then there's also other labels that I wear and I have those on the back. So there's labels of insecurity. You see one on there that says long toes. You may say, long toes? Well, it was a label that I was given because when I was in a high school, people go, oh my goodness, your toes are so long. Well, you know, I don't, they didn't mean anything by it, but it made a, put a label on me that I begin to think, even to this day, when I wear shoes, I'll think, like even these shoes today, you can see my long toes in these shoes. So, but what did it do? It caused me to wear closed toe shoes. It caused me to wear shoes that had maybe the band came across the top of my toe. So it didn't show so much, much the length of, of my toes. All of us have been given labels They were given labels to you from maybe um, your mother or your father. Maybe they were good labels, maybe they were bad labels, but do you know that we still carry these labels today in all of our lives? Some of you are battling these labels right now. Do you know that nobody gave me a label of insecurity, of fear or doubt, but that's something I have put on myself because of my own journey of my mind and the voices that I hear in my head. I talk to myself, I say things about myself. I'll say, that's stupid, or you, why did you do that? I speak to myself, right? So we've got these voices, and then you know we hear these voices from other people. They've said things over us. And then we have the enemy. And you know, Pastor Keith, he's told us before and he's taught us that there are four voices. There's our voice, there's their voice, there's the devil's voice, and then there's God's voice. And, uh, and so, I have to learn how to take off these labels and you need to learn how to take off your own labels to say, I'm not going to be labeled this way. I'm not going to adopt this. I'm going to fight through every voice that's in my head and every voice that's been spoken over me. And I'm going to let go of these labels. And some of these labels come in the form of just shame even from your past. Maybe nobody gave you a label, but you carry it because you're not proud of your past. You're not proud of past decisions that you have made. Our identity and how we see ourselves is very important. It will affect the legacy that you leave while you are here on this earth. Well, if any of these things are true about you, then you can relate to this woman that I'm going to be talking to you about today. Because every time her name is mentioned, she has a label and it's Rahab the harlot. Because you see, life didn't start out well for her. She was, you know, she was, her life was very dark. She had a very disappointing life So this message that I'm going to speak to you today, it's for everyone. Everyone that says, I didn't think my life story would look this way. I didn't think this would be my legacy. This can't be what God had in mind for my future. I think we all come to this place in our life, wherever you sit today and you say, really? I never thought I would be sitting in this seat. I never thought I would be divorced. I never thought that, you know, this whatever's happened in your life that I wouldn't be able to carry a child, whatever the dynamics of your life, all of us have these disappointments that we carry. But did you know that God knows your story from the beginning uh, to the end? And it says in Psalms 139, 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days are ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. All our days have been ordained. Are you saying my divorce was ordained? Absolutely not. Do you know that there's sometimes that we make decisions in our life that you know what, it doesn't throw God a curveball. He knows exactly what's happening or what's happened in our life, but we make life decisions that do affect the path and the journeys that we're on. It doesn't mean that God planned it for us, but you know what, he, since he knows the beginning from the end, he's got a great plan for your life. And what do we all know? He works all things together for good. So when we look at the backstory of Rahab in her life, you know, some people can really judge her harshly and say, my goodness, she, you know, she's known to be Rahab the harlot, you know, but what is her backstory? When I really went and researched the time that she lived in, these were the Canaanites. They were not godly people. They worship a lot of gods. They worship the God of Ashereth. Do you know that, uh, that back then and in that time, that they sacrifice, the families sacrifice their young girls to the gods and their virginity to the gods so that they could be prosperous, their families would be prosperous. They sacrificed their firstborn children. This was a part of their life that they would give their little girls, their young women to the gods so that their lives could be better. So there's no wonder that Rahab was a prostitute. So we can't just judge her so harshly, harshly because this is the time and the, the community that she lived in. This was just a natural way that they lived. She's just been the one that's been pointed out as Rahab the harlot. So when we look at Rahab's story, this is what I want you to understand. At some point, Rahab was a little girl with little girl dreams. She didn't start out saying, I wanna be a prostitute. She had thoughts, I'm sure, of just fun and playing with her friends. Not that she would ever be considered Rahab, the harlot, See, Because you know what I know and I think about this? Every time I see somebody and I go, where did they start out? Where was their journey that led them to where they are today? So I am so blessed that I was raised in a Christian home. That my parents brought me to church at a young age. But I know that's not everybody's story. Everybody's story didn't start like mine did. And Rahab's story didn't start like mine did. But my little granddaughters, they love everything princes. They love princess crowns, they love princess dresses, they have princess shoes. And they're gonna show you on the screen these princess little granddaughters. They love walking and prancing around in these little princess outfits. Do you know that they eat in these dresses? They go out to Target in these dresses. They, uh, they sleep in these dresses. And so when I think about Rahab, I think about she was one of those little girls at one time that I'm sure had more of a princess mentality than a prostitute mentality. Because you see, Back then, let me just give you a little background of what was happening in this time. So right before all this happened with Rahab, there was a man named Moses. And Moses sent 12 spies to spy out the land. And when, he went, when they went in to spy out the land, There was 10 spies that came back with a negative report. There were two spies that came with a positive report. They said, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. We can overtake this land. And so when they came back, they gave this report. Well, the 10 other spies said, oh no, we cannot take this land. This land is over, there's giants in this land. They're gonna overtake us. So you know what they did is they could trust God with His promise, but they couldn't trust him for the protection that he would give them even though there were giants in the land. So they didn't take the land. So what happened? They wandered for 40 years until Moses died. Now Joshua and Caleb are in charge. They are the ones leading. And so what does Joshua and Caleb say? They say, we're going to go spy out the land, but we are going to take two spies. I think Joshua and Caleb learned from Moses. We don't need 12. We only need two. Can you say we only need two? We only need two. What is that? The power of agreement. You only need to, we don't need too many voices. What do we try to do when we try to get affirmations? Whether it's on social media, whether it's with our friend, we want people to agree with us. We want people to agree with what we're doing. No, because you know what? It's too many voices. And so that's what happened with Moses. There were so many voices that said, we can't, we can't, we can't but when you only have two, there's a power in agreement. And so that's what happened with Joshua and Caleb. They got the same promise that Moses got. So let's look here in the scripture where it says in Joshua 1:3 through six, the promise to Moses in Deuteronomy 2:24 is repeated almost verbally in this passage. So it says, I will give you every place where you set your feet as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates. All the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So the mission is, should they accept it, is to go and to spy out Jericho. The spies make their way into the land and they find themselves in the house of a harlot, Rahab. She lives in the side of a wall. And then it goes on to say in Joshua 1 verse 12, he says, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all that belong to them, that you will save us from death. The men assured her and said, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us to the land. She then let down, was let down by a rope. You see, there's a legacy thread running through every one of our lives. And at some point, we take ownership of just what we want that to look like. So the title of my message is, how do we leave a legacy thread? Well, I showed you this uh, last time when I talked to you about legacy, that this is Pastor Keith's grandmother's quilt. This is my grandmother's uh, quilt. There is a legacy thread that is interwoven, interwoven in between our two stories. And when you look at this quilt and you see this, this is a very old quilt and, uh, there's a lot of different, I would just say different generations that are represented here. A lot of stories that have been written here. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them maybe have never been told. Some of them have been hidden, but all in between these is a story of God's goodness, of God's mercy of God's grace, of his love, of what he did on the cross for every one of us to cover. Everything that's happened from the grandmothers that were divorced from the brokenness that happened in all of our families But where would we be without this legacy thread? It has been so important through all of our generations in both of our families that this legacy thread has been Represented from the beginning to the end and this is what I want you to see in your own life. This legacy thread It's not about the life that you live. It's not about the past that you have It's not about even the life that you live right now It is this legacy thread that God is saying, I want to interweave in between all the stories that you are living right now, your life and where you are today. Allow my legacy thread to flow through your story. So if you are going to leave a legacy thread, my first point is you must be willing to take a divine risk. A divine risk is a storm before you see a rainbow. It is a path of uncertainties and insecurities before before something great happens. Hebrews 10.38 says, but the just shall live by faith. You know what faith is right there? Faith is divine risk. You have to be willing to live by divine risk. Romans 1.17, there's all throughout the scripture where it talks about faith. It's written the righteous shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2:4 The righteousness will live by faithfulness. Galatians 3:11 It's evident the just shall live by faith. And then Hebrews 11:6 that is one of my favorites and it says without faith it's impossible to please God. You must access faith in your life. You cannot please God without faith. It doesn't say you have to have good works. It doesn't say you have to do everything right. It doesn't say you have to have been the perfect mom. You have to have been the perfect dad. Absolutely not. It says, if you will live by faith, then you know what? Then you're doing, you are pleasing God. So in a day and age where women were considered cattle, they were considered property, they didn't have a voice, she takes this most incredible, bold stance because these men, and they come knocking at her door. Boom, boom, boom. Can you imagine her stomach of how she felt knowing there is somebody, I am hiding out these spies. I've got these two men hiding under flax, under my roof. And I just hope that they don't want to come in. So what does she do? She lies. She says, no, they're not here because they come searching for the men. They've already gotten word that these two spies are in the land and they're coming to overtake the land of Canaan. It's an evil land. Like I told you about where they worship many gods. They have coming in to take this land that was promised to them. And so She says, nope, they've gone, they've gone out of the gate. If you leave right now, then you can find them. I'm sure you will see them, but they have already headed out of the gate. So some people, there's a lot of current controversy around her lying. But what I wanna tell you is that, that she was not credited with righteousness for her actions. She was not credited for her holiness, for her thoughts, but her actions based on a firm faith that God would prevail. She understood that, you know what? God has done great things. We have already heard all that he did with Moses and all all that's happened with the Red Sea. The word has already got back to us and we know who your God is, she's saying, and I am willing to hide you. So it was her faith and her belief in a mighty and a powerful God. So maybe we can see it as instead of committing a deliberate act of deception, she played ignorance of the spies' whereabouts in order to combat evil forces that had once sold her into human slavery and threatened to destroy the presence of God and his people in her land. You see, her situation may have been messy. This is what you do when you have an iPad and it skips. And her situation may have been messy, but she, um, she said, you know what? I'm willing to do this. I'm, I've, I've, got, I've had a lot of things that have happened in my life, but I know this is a God that I know that I need. And um, so she believed in the God of Israel so strongly that she was willing to risk everything to save herself and her family. So it says in Hebrews 31:11, by faith, by divine risk, The prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab's faith was important, not because God needed it, but because she did. Her faith motivated her to do the right thing. Her faith was important, but not faith alone. You see, a person is considered righteous by what they do, but it takes action. So we've got to have faith. Yes, we stand, we believe, but what do we've got to do? We've got to take action. So I want to share with you a story about a woman who was willing to take a divine risk. She wanted to be a mother. She wanted to fulfill her legacy. But what did I tell you that the byline, the big thought for my message was surrender your story to a bigger story so that you can leave a beautiful legacy. I want to see, want you to see a woman that has done just that. Let's watch the screens.
0: Hi, I'm Brittany Lashua. I am married to Josh Lashua and I have been coming to Elevate literally since day one. So Josh and I have been married almost seven years in June and we started trying to have kiddos about three months after being married, so we are edging in on to seven years of unexplained infertility, and um, we did multiple IUIs, and um, we lost a little along the way, and she's in heaven with Jesus. Then we decided that it was time to do IVF, and our first round of IVF, um, none of our embryos made it. I, I can vividly remember, curled up in a ball in my closet, just sobbing wondering if god sees us if he sees me because i have felt this desire for motherhood since i was very very young and there was so much sorrow and suffering and i will also say though it's that's where i met god so much because he would meet me in my suffering He would find me and hold me even in those moments where it felt like, where are you? I don't think that you see me. And on the next time that I was literally headed to do IVF again is when I felt like God stopped me. I didn't have peace about it anymore. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to go, but I didn't know why, just knew I wasn't supposed to go, and and I had been on medication, really prepping my body to start this process again. I turned around, and I was calling Josh, and I said, babe, I can't go, and I don't know why. And a few weeks later, I felt like it was time for us to pursue adoption. The same week that they told us that we were approved, they also told us that they were showing us to a mama That following Thursday, that mama chose us. She looked at Profile Books and said, I don't want to meet anybody else. I know this is my family. She decided that we were her family literally before she even met us. We also went to her doctor's appointment and got to hear our daughter's heartbeat for the first time, which was magical. Um, And... Two weeks later, Talia was born. But in the middle of all of that, there was this this feeling of, this isn't my baby. Mamas in Texas, anyways, cannot relinquish their parenting rights um, for 48 hours. I was literally putting my heart out to be broken because adoptions do fail all the time. And it's a beautiful thing because those those mamas are choosing to parent, but it can be very devastating for the that hopeful adoptive family. So we took a risk and something very rare happened. It was very important to Talia's first mama that that we were in the room with her. And she gave me the gift of first skin to skin. Which was not my right. I was not entitled to that in any capacity. The fact that my womb hasn't carried a child to term does not mean that I'm any less a mama because Talia is everything. She was worth the pain. And I think about if, you know, if the, the, our miscarriage, if that had made it to term or if IVF had worked, Talia would not be in our home. I cannot imagine a world where Talia doesn't exist in our home. Like, she's a Lashua. That is a part of her legacy in our family in helping her know Jesus and in instilling good character and being the kind of parents whose draft she wants to run in the bible talks about a woman's womb and that we are created to give birth and yet my body wasn't doing what god created it to do and so likely there are women in this room who have felt like their body betrayed them or have felt like god doesn't see them and our pain tells us to isolate because really, that's what the enemy wants us to do when suffering is to isolate. But James says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And so while our pain wants us to isolate, What we need to do as believers is run towards God, is to draw near to Him. It doesn't even say run, it just says draw. To me, that's probably even a teeny tiny step in the middle of suffering, to draw near to God and that He will meet us there. And I know that He did that for me every single time I did it. Even in the moments where I was like, where are you? Where are you? So don't do life alone. Get to to Wednesdays, become a part of Couples Night. There are people there that will love you and encourage you and be there with you. And there's a lot of us out there that have struggled and and I'm there to struggle with you because this is painful and to find the group that gets you and also to connect with the group that you go, I want to be that, I'm going to celebrate that because my life isn't about me, my life is about living and giving towards others and celebrating them in the middle of things that are really difficult and that wasn't always easy but I do know that that is what God continually just challenged me to get close to Him and love others really well.
1: Submitted her life story, what her expectation what she thought should had had happened in her life. She submitted it to God for a bigger story where she has a beautiful Talia that now. She has this legacy that she would have never thought. Is she still believing? Absolutely, but in the process, when you give your life over to God and you just say, God, I give you my story, where I am today, that I never thought I would be, I give it to you and I know that you're creating a beautiful legacy that I could have never written myself, giving that to God. So number two, my second point, how will you leave a legacy thread? Not only you must be willing to take a divine risk, but you must be willing to live life God's way. You see, Rahab, she didn't allow what she couldn't do to keep her from doing what she could do. What could Rahab do? She could stand firm in the face of danger. She could act on behalf of God's people. She could acknowledge the power of God. Rahab could fight for her legacy. And that's exactly what she did. I want to ask you that question. What can you do? Can you fight? Can you stand in the face of difficult times when you are in difficult times? Can you allow this legacy thread to run through your life when you're facing challenging times? Can you allow on and just act on God's behalf for the kingdom of God, for Elevate Life Church? Can you stand and believe and be that person that will take action and that just won't step back? Can you be like Rahab and acknowledge the power of God and how you need God in your life? And then also, can you fight for your own legacy? Because that's up to you. You have to decide that. And my third point is you must be generous. Rahab was generous. Even when she was taken from, she hid the right things, which was an act of generosity, and she cared about her legacy and asked for them, her, her whole legacy, her mom, her dad, her sister and her brother, even, even in the midst of her own maybe pain, how she was sold into slavery, into prostitution. She wanted them all to be saved. She was generous. And because of all these things, she took a divine risk. Her wanting to live life God's way and her generosity, the spy said, if your family is going to be saved, you must swear an oath. So that's what she did. She swore an oath and she said, I'm gonna drop down this scarlet cord. And when you see, the spy said, when we see that scarlet cord that's dropped down from your window, then we will save you and your family and everyone that is inside of your house. So what I want you to know is, is that this scarlet cord is run from Genesis to Revelation. It represents the cross, it represents the blood of Jesus, it represents sin. Let me show you in scripture, it says in Isaiah 1.18, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Just when I was telling you that that this scarlet thread runs throughout the Bible and it starts in Genesis, it begins with the animal that was sacrificed so that Adam and Eve could have now this skin of clothes from an animal. So they had to kill an animal. The blood starts there. And then we see the ram that took Isaac's place on the altar, the Passover lamb on the doorpost, the scarlet rope of Rahab, thousands of years of sacrifices. When you read the Bible, you see all the sacrifices that were given. That is that same scarlet cord, that blood that runs through every part of the Bible. And then to the foot of the cross that says, it is finished. The last thing that I want to tell you today, it's so powerful because when you know the story of Rahab and uh, you can read through and read through the Bible and you think, oh, this part in Matthew, it's so, you know, (laughs) tells you the lineage of Jesus. I'm just going to skip over that. Let me read to you very quickly. It says Matthew 1, 3 and 5 through 6, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. What it's, what it's um, through researchers and historians have said that it's probably so that one of the two spies named was Salmon, she, Rahab married one of the spies. They had a son named Boaz. You know the story of Boaz and Ruth. It's so powerful to see how Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab is Jesus's great, great, great grandmother. Is that amazing? There are four grandmothers that in this scripture, there's, there's uh, let's see, how many grandfathers was there? Um, There were 42 grandfathers that were mentioned in this part of the scripture. Do you know that there's only four grandmothers that were mentioned? You know why? Because they had horrible past. Why would Matthew only mention four of the grandmothers that had horrible, why didn't he mention all the other ones that didn't have horrible past? You know why? Matthew was a tax collector. He was not known, tax collectors back then were not known for being honest. So she wanted, he wanted you to know, guess what? These grandmothers weren't the greatest grandmothers. But guess what? They're in the lineage of Jesus. So your life doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together for you to see that God accepts you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he's got a great plan for your life. He wants great things for you, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what that your past has been. So as I close out this message, there's so much more as I'm scrolling through all of my notes. I just need to tell you that these mothers teach us, Tamar is one of the mothers that he mentions, that God will forgive your darkest sins. Rahab, God will use you in spite of your past. Ruth is another mother he mentions. God will not leave anyone out. And Bathsheba, God can heal any situation. So Rahab married a prince named Salmon, Salmon. and he was one of the spies. So guess what? She's no longer a prostitute, but she has become a princess. Boaz learned generosity from his mother Rahab. He was generous to a poor Moabite, a foreign woman named Ruth, gleaning in a field that he owned, a beautiful picture of God himself in his work of redemption. Boaz married Ruth and had a child named Obed, She became a great-grandmother of King David and the great-great-grandmother of Jesus. Jesus himself was born through Rahab's legacy of a past brokenness, pain and hurt. And this story is a beautiful picture of how the kingdom of God is birthed through us in spite of our past, in spite of our brokenness, in spite of our mistakes. So can let Rahab's story tell you this story that it does not matter where you sit today and where your life has been that you come into this place and you think everybody's got it together. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But you know what we need? We need this beautiful thread to be interwoven into all of our stories. And I just wanna take this down because I want you to see what God wants to do in your life. He has redeemed you. He's called you by name. He loves you he has a great plan for your life and this beautiful legacy thread when my three children come up here this beautiful legacy thread runs throughout my family just like i showed you in that quilt brokenness hurt a grandfather at the age of 9 that his, his dad passed away when he was only 2 years old and he was, he was uh, raised by a stepdad who was abusive towards him. Made him work in a glass factory at the age of nine years of age. And he went to school during the day. His teacher let him sleep in the back of the room because at nine years of age, he's working all night long to help provide for the family. He was abused. He was mistreated. But this legacy thread ran through him. He gave his life to Christ. And do you know that he was a missionary in China? And I have a whole beautiful legacy of missionaries in my family that have left a beautiful legacy in China because I had a grandfather that was willing to give his life to Christ so that all of us, my children today, can serve God and love God. Do they have brokenness? Absolutely. Kila has been divorced. Did we ever think that would be her story? But what a beautiful legacy thread now that runs through her. She's got a beautiful son named Ark. She has an amazing husband named Cole that loves her and cares for her and has given her this beautiful son. Got a daughter here that's lost three children. Did we ever think that would be Whitney's story? Absolutely not. But by the grace and the love and the mercy of God, he helps her. He, she continues to press into worship. She continues to say, God, I honor you in the midst of what I don't understand and what I'm confused by. It doesn't matter. Lord, I just give my life to you because you're writing a beautiful story. And, and even when I can't see it, I'm gonna trust you for it. And then Josh, we don't know what's happened to him, but he's just... <laughs> Y'all get to hear all his stuff. But I just wanted you to see this beautiful legacy thread that runs through my family, that runs through your family, that runs from Genesis all the way to Revelations. Can you see this beautiful story that God has for you? Don't grow weary in doing well because in due season you will reap if you do not faint not. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, Lord, I just thank you for these amazing people that sit in this auditorium. Father, I thank you for your love towards them. I thank you, Lord, that... This will be a day of new beginnings for them, that they'll stop looking at their past. They'll stop just condemning themselves for putting labels on themselves for past mistakes. But they'll say, this is a new day. I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. No, this is not what I thought my life would look like. Rahab didn't think that that's what her life would look like. But God, you so redeemed her. You called her. And then she became, she never knew it. She died not knowing that she was the great-great-grandmother of You, Jesus. Lord, we just honor You, just to thank You for how You take our broken pieces and You put them back together and You give us this beautiful legacy. Lord, I just thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. In Your precious name I pray, Amen. Thanks for
0: listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to LV.live forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.